Hello, friends. This is your friend, Kent C. Dodds, and I am joined by my friend, Michael Chan. Say hi, Michael. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. So happy to have you here, Michael. It's actually, I feel like you should have been one of the first people I reached out to because I just feel a strong kinship to you. Um, and so I'm excited for my friends who are listening to get to know my friend, Michael. So, Michael, can you tell us about yourself? Uh, it can be tech related or anything else that you want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be on your show. We've had a few with you on the React podcast, and it was super fun. I love chatting with you. I'm actually nervous, which is hilarious since I do this like <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> but it's good. It's a good nervous. I'm um, surrounded by friends here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm Michael Chan. I go by Chantastic all over the internet. And uh, I host uh, React Podcasts, and I work as a front-end architect, just kind of doing front-endy things in CSS and JavaScript and I, I don't know, like whatever else I'm supposed to know at, the given, at a given time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. And uh, yeah, and then I, I'm, I'm trying more and more to, uh, to kind of follow your lead and some of the, the great educators of our time to just kind of share, share what I know and uh, kind of help other developers um, be the best that they can be and be happy, not just in the short term, but in the long term. Uh, that's excellent. And and you do a great job of it. I just want, want to make sure everybody understands the scope of this. So Michael, you teach on Egghead.io. You've got tons of stuff on there. Um, you teach, uh, you have that React holiday. Is that what it is? React oh, holiday? Yeah. Every, that... yeah. Every December, I do like a kind of advent calendar style thing where I do like these two minute videos on uh, I think last year it was just general react the year before it was like suspense, which is all, which all got blown away the, the year <laughs> yeah. after. <laughs> that tends to happen. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And, and like, by the way, that, um, uh, it was just like a Twitter thread of all these videos and so engaging. Oh my goodness. If I could have a sliver of the engagement that you have in front of a camera, I would be really happy with myself. Oh, so, thanks. I it was a uh, I, I blame that on my my drama and show choir teachers. They uh, th they extracted more out of me than I was willing to give, and now I guess maybe <laughs> it feels easier. <laughs> Actually, uh, I didn't realize you were in show choir. I, show choir was a huge part of my growing up. So oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in high school, I competed. Like our show choir competed in the Northwest and won like competitions. We went to Disneyland one year and won a big competition awesome. there. And, yeah, yeah. It was a huge part of my high school experience. So that's that's cool. I didn't realize that we had that that uh, similarity. Were you uh, like baritone tenor? Where was where were yeah, you? Yeah. So let's see. Uh, I think so. I I kind of I was baritone tenor. Um, I think that half half of it I was baritone, and then the second half I was tenor. And then I went to uh, um, to men's chorus at BYU, and in men's chorus I started as tenor two, and then tenor one. So I I mostly have been on the higher end of that spectrum. Nice, nice. I mean, singing in a choir is so fun. I like I, yeah. I like I have this dream, I think, when I have a little bit more free time in my life to just have a find people who sing barbershop and learn all those songs and just think because there's something about doing something in unison with other people, like being so in sync and being that much of a team that just thrills me like it. Mm. literally gets my heart going and i feel like I, now that we're talking about it, i feel like those moments like the the unison that i experienced in choir is something that i'm always chasing and not quite getting in software development <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah absolutely i i 
Yeah, I, I was certainly wasn't thinking about talking about this now, but like just thinking about the the experiences that I had in high school and in college when I was singing um, more. Just um, yeah, I t- I absolutely know the feelings that you're talking about, and I have not felt those feelings in a long time. Yeah, um, it's it, it's tricky because so much of at least modern software development, and I can't speak to you know I guess earlier than like ten years, but like or ten years in the past, but it feels like so much of it is is about like self-expression and self-validation these days. I mean, even to the point that I know that the last um, Stack Overflow report or whatever, the thing that was most important to developers looking for a job was the stack. And mm-hmm. it's like so wild to me because, and and maybe this is our choir like coming out, but like for me, it's like what I want more than anything is unison. I want everyone to just be working as one to like depend on each other and, uh, like understand each other and yeah it's this conversation is already making it clearer to me like what I'm missing from <laughs> software development <laughs> yeah they're definitely yeah I, I definitely feel something missing uh, like it's one of those things where like you didn't realize that you were missing this until you like something reveals that to you because I I um, absolutely thinking about that there's absolutely stuff that I I miss from being a part of a group like that yeah this is something that I've been kind of on the last like maybe six months or something. Um, is this idea of like teamwork being the only thing that matters? And I think that's we 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 put so much focus on being the best, and it's like mm-hmm. automatically exclusionary because like to be the best, like you have to be better than everyone else, and so it's like yeah. you know, comparative by default. And I I wish that we had a better like a better way to to think of being our best and like, think about it being like more collaborative, like, like who have you collaborated with today? How has, how was that co- collaboration? Did both of you feel like listened to and empowered? And it, like so much of the metrics that we have just are not, are, are not set up for that. It, you know, like totally. we have the 10 X developers, the, the rock stars and, and, and the all stars. And I just, uh, I wish we had, I, I, I wish we borrowed more from, you know, like team dynamics, like whether it be sports or choir or anything that you have to do together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, I think that our social media amplifies that because when, when you get likes on a tweet, it's not like your team getting likes on a tweet. It's <laughs> yeah. like you're the one getting that, those yeah. accolades. Um, or, you know, I, I, um, with the educational material that I create, um, I, I create lots of that, but there's a lot of collaboration involved, but I'm the one who gets all the accolades for sure. that because it's my voice, it's my hands on the keyboard. Um, but there's so much that goes into that. And like, we, we've got open source libraries I'm using and like, there's so much, but um, just the way that things are set up, um, there's, you know, the accolades go to the the last person in the production line. Yeah. And well, especially in like, uh, like our attention economy, it's so hard to, you know, if you spent the first 10 minutes of a one minute video, like a one, one minute of content, just thanking everybody whose work your, your work touches, like no one would watch that. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of tricky. Yeah. Well, that's a, something interesting to, to think about. Um, but let's, let's go ahead and transition into yeah. something else. That's also very interesting and, and wanted to talk about here. And that is, um, so I, I'm not exactly sure when this podcast will be released, but it should be in the next, you know, when, when we're still going through or, or have very unfond memories of the current time. <laughs> and so the, this is being recorded on April 7th. Um, 
And March was just a total nightmare with the uh, coronavirus thing. Um, and I'm, I expect that the economy be, will be in an even worse state. There will be even more people who have died from this thing, which is just so awful. Um, and so, Michael, the, the thing that one of the things that you wanted to talk about today, I think, is just really applicable to um, to the current situation and, and maybe in the future uh, situation uh, for people. And that is um, how to transition careers in uh, or, or maybe not industries, but like your specific niche niche in a career uh, during a bad economy or, or when things are not optimal for you to do so. Um, and so like the first thing I want to ask you about this is because we kind of got started uh, or just chatting before we hit record. And you were telling me about um, the last recession that yeah. um, we went through in the United States and um, kind of some of your experience in there. Uh, do you want to start like kick this off by telling us about your experience in that time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I just want to preface this is with just kind of like a, a privilege disclosure, because like it. It's impossible for me to 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 know all of the tailwinds that I had in this process, um, mm. and so like I don't want to like I don't want to be at all dismissive or uh, about how much more difficult this transition is, um, depending on you know what degrees of of privilege you have on that matrix. And I know that's something that's mm. important to you, um, but at the same time, um, you know my story is my story, and if it, it, wherever you're at on that, if if it's helpful to you great. <laughs> um, oh, but that's great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, I was working with my, my dad and I was doing like accounting for a small business and we were like importing furniture. And my, my dad was this very fascinating kind of international man. <laughs> uh, he, you know, uh, was born in Vietnam during the, like the Vietnam war. And then like kind of they, they fled to Brazil because at the time they had a ton of money and then they had no money. And then they kind of made their way up to America. And so he was just full of grit. He was just, just an iron, iron person. And um, yeah, we, uh, we, we kind of, he built this business that I was like taking part in and working together in. And um, I had, I had had like a little bit of fascination with the web just as, you know, someone like a, like a child of the the 80s, I guess, kind of coming up with the web and and really being excited about it. Yeah. Um and so I'd like built our websites and all that kind of stuff. Um but right around I can't remember exactly when it was. It was like 2008, 2009, 2010. Um our business just like collapsed. Um, because you know we had that 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 recession and all of the jobs that we had planned on were falling apart. There was no work on the horizon, and so the the business just like went under. And I was for, I think, maybe four months or something about about that time, like on on unemployment, and it was a really like tough time. And it's it's wild to see it 10 years later right because i feel like a little bit divorced from um from that feeling um but it is like really sobering to 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 have a lot of empathy for what people are going through right now because this is incredibly real for people i think what was the statistic that you said when, like before we started recording yeah so um 2 weeks ago the they'd said there had been 3.3 million um um, accepted applications to unemployment in just that previous week. 
And then last week they'd said it was another 6.6 million uh, for the that that week. So a total of over 10 million. And that was um, almost a week ago. So I, I can't even imagine. And and that's just the people who are able to get on unemployment, like yeah. not counting the people who who probably need it, but couldn't or the people who couldn't get through because the phone lines are jammed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a very real thing. Like I, I remember like I, like after my you know three or four months of being on employment, the thing that like stopped me wasn't that I had a job. It was that like, I didn't get the, the return stub sent in, in time. And, uh, I couldn't get a hold of anybody on the phone. So yeah. Yeah. And, and we all know how good government programs are at like getting the people, the things that they need. And yeah. And it was really like, yeah. So like my heart, like just, just deeply, deeply goes out to, to people, but I'm, I'm really, um, I, I'm really excited to see things like, you know, the free code camp numbers, like just like skyrocketing right now, because I see mm. myself in those numbers. Like I see, like, that was the moment that like, I, I decided to transition because I knew there was no way I was going to be able to get um, a job in the things that I knew, which was like handling money and like kind of a little bit of like small business management. Cause like that wasn't going to recover for like another, I don't know, six to 12 months. Um, but yeah, so just, uh, just kind of spending like literally every spare second of my life, just, you know, reading what I could. I remember <laughs> like to the point that I remember I'd go to the park with, uh, with, with my son who was, I don't know, maybe one at the time. And then I'd be if I was standing behind him, pushing him on the swing, I'd be reading like docs for like Ruby or JavaScript or whatever thing I was trying to like, you know, be able to like use in my, uh, in my career. Hardcore hustling there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, um, I, I definitely empathize with like where people are at right now. And I, I really love the opportunity to, to talk about what, I guess like what's like demanded of people in that time, because it's, it, it really does. I want to say it's like really maybe like unfair. Like I know that I, I cut years off of my life by like, you know, only sleeping like three hours <laughs> a night during that time trying to like, you know, cause I was, I was actively putting in applications for jobs that I knew I wasn't going to be able to get. And then like trying to find anything on Craigslist that I could find that, would like would pay me even a little bit to do the thing that I kind of wanted to transition into because like you know there's no way I, I think that's one thing that's like so unmotivating to a lot of people is like they see all the jobs right and like these jobs are like inflated like wildly and like you and I both know that like you know, when someone puts a job posting it's like they're asking for 20 things and they would accept two of them <laughs> yeah absolutely there it's this is like these are suggestions for the type of person that we want, because we know that there are three people in the world who have all of these qualifications yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't afford them anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's, that's like such a big thing to navigate, but it's so intimidating when you, when you start in like, let, you know, tech is just, you know, one place where that happens, but like any place where you like start to transition into a new era, uh, industry um, or field, it, it's so intimidating to think like, wow, well, that's like, that's who I have to be to get this job. Mm. Like, I'm never going to be that. And, um, and yeah, it's just like kind of starting small is like, so, so important. And like, just trusting the process that like, if you keep pressing into it, you, you'll, you'll get there. And um, I mean, like, 
Yeah, I mean, have you been on hiring at all? Uh, on a, like, are you talking about a specific site or just like hiring people? Oh, like hiring people at all? Yeah, yeah, I I have done that at uh, yeah, my last two companies, I I hired a couple people. How did you like? How did you feel about that that process? Oh <laughs> it is so. So the first one was a really small company, and I was hiring the the second front end engineer to work with me. And so that one was not as difficult sure. um, because we didn't have as many applications. It was actually people I reached out to and stuff. Um, but uh, like, you know, you, you hate saying no, because like I reached out to you and now I wasted all your time. <laughs> it's kind of the way I felt. Um, but uh, yeah, the my second experience at, at PayPal, I interviewed an infinity people. Um, and it... Uh, yeah, it was really hard. We, we had like a pretty well-structured process and, and stuff. And so you'd have so, a couple of people interview and you'd say yes, you'd say no, you say maybe and whatever. And I, I felt a little di uh, more disconnected um, to that sure. because sometimes I wasn't hiring for my team, somebody who worked with, for me. Uh, and also like I didn't have to, I don't know, this is, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but the way I felt about it was um, just pretty disconnected because I didn't have to be as invested in this yeah. person, um, which is a personal failing for sure. Yeah, it's what's well, interesting because, like, I think I I always want people like as as soon as they can to like get to a place where they can at least start uh, reviewing applicants. Like, so like, and I think this is I mean definitely in tech, but like um, Rachel Neighbors, I had a conversation with her. She um, is part of the React uh, core team and does a lot of the the docs and community stuff we had a chat and she was saying like you know interviewing in tech is like a skill like that is totally separate from like the skill of being able to do your job and like once you realize that you realize like just like anything else it's like totally hackable and uh you <laughs> <laughs> and i i get asked a lot like like oh man i have i have all this imposter syndrome around like like going out for interviews and like trying to 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 land a job i feel like i just don't know enough and i always tell people like make your goal like to fail 10 interviews because like what you'll learn from failing those interviews is what you need to know to you know to to nail the 11th and like for most people like i doubt that you'd even get through all 10 <laughs> yeah yeah that i that's awesome i love that uh that mindset like and uh, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but I, I feel like the mindset isn't so much like um, I like dejected and like, oh, I'm going to fail 10 interviews. But it's more like I'm going to at least get through 10 interviews and and I'm going to learn as much as I can through this process. And if I get picked up, then that's great. But that's my goal is just to uh, to get through these 10. And that, that's something that you can control. Right. Yeah, like, I can control that. And so I I'm the master of my own destiny. Yeah, that's I think that's like the most important thing because it's totally like at the end of the day, it's a mental hack. You're going to do 10 interviews mm. like either way. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. it's really framing, but it really does. I think it does give you that control over your life where it's like like my value is not defined by what like someone says I can or cannot do. Um, it's like I came here expecting expecting to fail this. This is just this is just like episode one of my my 10 episode course on like the interview pipeline <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice um but yeah i think that's it's so like it's so tricky and there's so much emotion tied into into all of this 
And it's like so, you know, like those little like mental hacks are so valuable in getting yourself past like the emotional part of it. Um, you know, because there's so much like I think you're you're already in a vulnerable spot anytime you're like switching careers or like are forced to like rethink your career, like in a time like this, like you're already so like emotionally drained, like the idea of failing anything uh, and like putting all of that effort in uh, sucks. And like, I definitely admit that. And I was I mean, it's it's easy to say in retrospect, but like really is extremely emotional, like kind of at the time, like just feeling like, you know, totally, totally dejected <laughs> from all of these. Yeah, things. yeah. Like, how do you pull through that emotional drain? Like in your experience when you were making this transition, um, what were some of the things that you did to take care of yourself mentally and and to really pull yourself out of the situation you were in and actually make the transition? I don't think I handled it well, to be honest. I, I think I have a personality that, that uh, thrives on pressure um and and i know that uh, that's not where a lot of people are um but i think that you know the fact that i had like just bought a house and was like pretty like recently married i was still like a young married you know we just had a kid like there was i was like i had to make it work right and i think for me that was fine i know for a lot of people that could be enough to to really drive them into like a deep deep depression where they're incapable of working um and so i definitely empathize with that um but i think for for people who are driven by pressure um it it kind of it kind of worked um but i do think that like kind of insulating yourself from outcomes is a really important like life skill and i think that mm. that time really set me up for success throughout the rest of my career where it's like now i I don't feel as tied emotionally to outcomes anymore. Like the idea is like you, you, you do your thing, you do it to the best that you can. And you know, what happens happens and you know, businesses have to make decisions that businesses have to make. And sometimes that hurts emotionally because you felt really smart for coming up with this thing that, you know, didn't get accepted and it would have been awesome. And you have to let that go. And so is such as life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, let's, let's say that, Let's envision this, you know, person, yeah, Cheryl, <laughs> who, and she, Cheryl's like, hey, um, I like, I was laid off by, uh, you know, some company. I'm, I've been tinkering around with building websites, and I kind of want to get into uh, this tech thing. But I'm seeing all these job, app, um, you know, listings for the impossible engineer. How do I break into this, especially in a like such an uncertain economy right now? Yeah. Man, that's tough. I think to to be totally honest, like I could not have done it without uh, friends. And I think that that was mm -hmm. like, you know, going to meetups, just talking with the people in my life who were already in the, the industry that I wanted to transition into, like tech. Um, I got my first job, you know, kind of post all of the kind of, uh, you know, HPSD to HTML and like HTML signatures that I did on Craigslist for like, you know, $15 a shot. Um, mm. beyond, you know, that, like the first actual job I got in tech was just from a friend. Right. And they, they were in a position where they were looking for people, you know, asked if I could, you know, learn enough to actually like get through the interview process. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's how I kind of transitioned in and, 
having those relationships is invaluable and finding them wherever you can. And, you know, I guess like exploiting them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're taking advantage of something that someone's offering, right? That, yes. that relationship. Yeah. yeah. So exploiting has a negative connotation, but I think we know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, and to be fair, like uh, this, this particular friend, I, I started kind of that, that specific conversation by offering up answers to questions that he had because he was like in this new role where he was managing a tech team and he had like things that he didn't know and i said hey i'm happy to answer anything that i know like that you might need to know in kind of managing these people and i think that's where it kind of like started because i was able to help him look good and so in turn he wanted to kind of like return the flavor the flavor <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> <Return the flavor. laughs> But yeah, I think, man, relationships are so important. And I, I think we we undervalue relationships, I think, across like across a career trajectory. I think like as we were talking before, like we want to be, you know, this hero, but but accepting help and then also providing help is so critical to any you know meaningful car uh, career in this industry. Mm, yeah. And there. I, I just think that's so true. And there, there was another thing that you mentioned as you were saying that, that I think is a pretty good takeaway for people as well. And that's that you were working on, um, you know, PSD to HTML <laughs> Craigslist uh, opportunities. And, and there's one thing, like people ask me this a lot and they say, how do I get experience as a software engineer? And uh, so I wrote a blog post about it, of course, but the, the TLDR of that is you get experience from having experiences and like, it seems so obvious, <laughs> but um, like you can make yourself have experiences. Right. And that's, yeah. it sounds like that's what you did is you said, Hey, I'm willing to um, take this $15 job. That's going to take me three hours to do $5 an hour job. Um, but like, I don't just get $5 an hour. I'm also getting experience from yeah. that. Yeah. And I think there's so many, I mean, if you, if you open your eyes to it or even just ask around, like there's so many people in your, your local community that are, you know, entrepreneurs or small, small business owners that need work in like a lot of different fields, but can't afford the, the high paid, the, the high paid person to do it. And so if you like open your eyes to it, there's so much stuff that people need to do. And like you said, like an opportunity for you to gain that experience. And yeah, you're going to kind of eat crap for a while with all the, the, the stuff that nobody else wants to take, but mm -hmm. like, that's how you get the experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, um, that, that can't be overstated. I think, um, it's stuff that other people don't want to take, but, um, that's because they've already had those experiences. They don't need those experiences yeah. like you do. And so it's, I mean, maybe it's not super fun work, but for you as a, a new entry into this, it actually is pretty like it can be pretty rewarding work. Um, yeah. You know, like manually copy pasting, you know, text into this other text field <laughs> or whatever like that, you know, you can turn that into an opportunity to learn something new, like figure out how to script that so you can get yourself out of that. That's, yeah. that's actually how I got into programming was scripting my job. Um, and uh, yeah, so there I, I yeah, I think that can't be. Um, overstated as as a useful thing to do is you know there's there's no shame or even like lack of dignity I guess in in doing those lower jobs because you're not just getting the the low pay you're also getting the experience that I think is really you know uh, that's what you're looking for <laughs> yeah so. and, and there's so much there's so much to be said about 
real work experience just as being a high value. Because, I mean, I still think back to the lessons that I learned about, you know, the differences in email clients and like the way they render markup and all that kind of stuff from literally just making email signatures for people. Like I learned mm. so much about semantic markup and rendering engines like in that time that has paid dividends throughout my entire career because like I don't have to relearn these like small lessons uh, anymore. And yeah, you just you never know. Like if you're open to it, you can learn something powerful from any project. Absolutely. I, um, I feel like we could, we could go on and talk about this like forever, but (laughs) (laughs) as as we wrapped up and come down to the end of our time here, there, um, the, the homework assignment that we want to give people, um, you know, like start thinking about what it is that you want to do. Like you, you may be listening to this thinking, well, this sounds like a really great thing that I can share with my friend, um, you know, Fred and who is interested in transitioning out of plumbing into tech or, or vice versa, um, whatever the case may be. But like, maybe there's something that you would rather be doing than your day-to-day job. Mm. Um, and so the, the challenge like applies to everyone here, but the, our, our homework for you is to sit down for five minutes and just think about what you really want to do with your life. What, what you really want to do. And because we live in a capitalist world, you have to get paid to do that. So, <laughs> so think about how you can get paid to do the thing that you want to do. So figure out how you can sell that thing that you want to do. And then get one customer, get one person to pay you just any amount of money to do that one thing. And uh, yeah, then that can be the first step in making this transition for you. You have anything else to add to that, Michael? Yeah, no, I think that that's perfect. And I think it's a, a really good way to wrap up. Um, one analogy that I like to kind of make is with a dial. Like a dial, once it's in place, is really easy to turn up. Um, but it's really hard to make the dial, right? So like, you know, blogging, like if, if you want to write, like you need to find the easy, like the, the, the least amount of friction. And sometimes mm-hmm. like setting up the blog and like, you know, making all of those decisions is, is really like the hard work. Um, but you want to get to that point where you have something, you have a post out there, you know exactly what to do when you sit down and then just like crank it up. Like, okay, I got one customer. Mm-hmm. Now I need to find another customer or charge five more dollars an hour or whatever it is. Just like keep cranking that dial up. Um, that's like, once you have it, it's, it's, kind of easy from there yeah oh my goodness so i i hope people don't mind me mentioning this last other thing and going over time a little bit but um my my sister my oldest sister um is a, a very um skilled violinist and she knows a lot of very skilled um musicians and right now they're really hard on work because nobody can go to performances yeah. and so um she was asking me Um, how, because I do a lot of online training, she was like, how can I help these musicians do online training? And she, she had this big idea of all the, you know, she wants to hire some software engineer to come and basically build zoom and Tito (laughs) and Google calendar all in one thing. Um, and I was telling her, Hey, listen, like, I really don't think that's probably the best course of action for you. Here's, here's what I recommend. And I, I said, um, start doing everything manually, like get yeah. the pieces of software that you need, work them, put them together. And that that's the value that you can provide to these, these musicians who are your instructors is do all of the work for them. Tell them all you need to do is show up and teach some people for an hour and you'll get money. 
and I'll do everything else. And, <laughs> um, and everything else when you're just getting started, is just a ton of manual work. Yes. But if you try to automate all of this stuff before you've done any of the manual work, you will automate the wrong stuff yeah. or, or you'll automate it in the wrong way. And, and so I think she's, she's taking my advice. Um, but, uh, that, that would be like maybe another related takeaway to all of this is just like, don't try to, to build the solution before you've experienced the problem. Yeah. So best advice. Hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this, it's hot in here. All right. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming on and chatting. It's been a pleasure. Um, hopefully my friends have gotten to know you and, and we're all friends now. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, sometimes, Michael, I end my podcast by saying we'll be in your ears next week, <laughs> which I, I uh, shamelessly uh, borrow from you. But um, yeah, I guess I don't do the weekly shows, so we'll be in your ears next time. <laughs> oh, actually, really quick, Michael, what, yeah. um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they want? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm Chantastic on Twitter and, um, you know, or React Podcast if you don't necessarily want to hear from me, but you want to hear uh, from, you know, me and other people. And uh, yeah, it's probably the best way. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you. Bye, everyone.